All right, Tony. Hey, how are you doing, man? I'm good, sir. How are you? Doing great. Doing great. So you ready to kick off this uh, this show? Well, why not as we're here? Nice. Nice. <laughs> so starting from the top, like where do you begin? How about we begin at the beginning with one of my favorite stories about yours about, about moments when you were a kid? Yeah, well, you know, uh, as you well know, it's it's kind of moments that drifted into moments that rock as my kind of brand you know and it, you know I, I love kind of things that says what it is on the packet because nobody can come back to you and say well what's moments that rock well it's very easy it's moments that rock i.e something that rocks your world so i go back to and it gets harder when you get older trust me um i think i might have mentioned this before but you know like one of my own quotes is you know i'm blessed to have the stories but cursed i have to remember them um but yeah i suppose my first real moment was well i mean a slight when you first get into music as a teenager that's a moment as well because it has an effect on you because all of a sudden you're exposed to music and in the time i was growing up it was pretty amazing music from both sides of the atlantic so i kind of remember you know hearing mr tambourine man by the birds i thought well i like this pop music it's pretty good and then you kind of do your bit of searching around record stores if anybody knows what a record store is nowadays um, but my first real moment, and definitely a moment that rocked because I saw it significant enough to make it a big piece in my book, was um, going backstage to meet Led Zeppelin at 15, you know. And, um, um, you know, I, I, it made me realize what it was like to meet your heroes because, you know, back in the day in school, I mean, they don't teach you interpersonal skills and stuff. And when I was promoting my book, a guy asked me, um, you know, a question about what did you feel the music industry taught you that would have helped you when you met Led Zeppelin as 15-year-old? And I said to him, well, not as much as you think. And he said, really? And I said, yeah. I said, well, you know, when I was like, you know, six or seven, I realized in the school playground, I didn't want to hang out with this jerk. And when I was kind of, you know, in my teens and discovering girls, I'd stand in front of them. There was on no social media to help me along the way to avoid contact. So... I suppose subliminally, it helped me having the bottle to kind of stay behind at the Led Zeppelin show when the, when the commissioners were throwing everybody out. Me and my friend, you know, waited around. And and like I mentioned in, in the book, the, it was really just to watch the roadies take the equipment down. That was enough for me because big Marshall stacks. And I was a kid. It was like, oh, rock, you know, rock and roll. This is great. And I asked the commissioner if I could take the poster down off the wall. There were no... They weren't selling merchandise in those days. You know, you're lucky if you got a program. We stuck our head in the door um, and we were watching this and, and, you know, everybody had left. And then Robert Plant walked onto the stage and he walked on to talk to his one of his roadies, you know, or something. And he spotted these two little kids, you know, rolled up poster I had and my friend next to me, like looking up. You know, the stage was quite high and we were kind of looking up, you know. And he just walked across, you know. This was on the... This was on the around the first this was like 1969 so this was led zeppelin one just on the verge of world domination you know the, the gig had sold out like we're not talking arenas we're talking like two thousand people where you can see the artists sweat on stage and everything you know um and he came over and he said uh do you want me to sign that you know and it was like oh, yes please sir you know <laughs> and um so he signed he signs it rolls it back up and hands it down to me and as he's crouched down and he hands it up he looks me right in the face and he says that's not much good with just me on it is it 
do you want to come back and meet the guys and get them to sign it? Oh, yes, please, sir. You know? <laughs> so, um, so that meant we went backstage to meet Led Zeppelin. And it was very, it was a theatre, you know. So the, so the, the, the backstage area, it wasn't like nowadays where you have riders with, you know, people want particular coloured M&Ms and stuff, you know, they're very meticulous about what they want. There wasn't even hospitality or anything. It was the light bulbs with the big mirror and the countertop. And Jimmy Page was sat on there. And Robert Plant was in the other corner and two guys were sat in there. And they had a roadie coming in and out, you know, dropping bits and pieces down. Um, and then obviously, they, in those days, bands were packing up and then driving to the next gig. It wasn't really necessarily staying in hotels. It was like life on the road, you know, 1969 and on. Um, so we went backstage and, and then um, I, I, one thing I remember particularly when I was writing about it was um, I've always said this to the extent of, you know, <laughs> almost boring myself with it, but there's nothing like music to take you back to a time and a place. So I'm writing a story from 40 odd years ago and I'm in that dressing room and I can see Jimmy Page and he's got his legs, you know, he's, he's got his hands underneath his thighs like this and he's rocking on the table. He looks at Robert Plant and he says, are you going to come round to our place then tomorrow and we'll finish that track? And this kind of, I might not have heard it at the time, but I heard it when I was writing about it. And I could, and I thought, I stopped in my tracks and I thought, was I there at a moment in the history? Could he have been talking about Stairway to Heaven or something, you know, right? But the, the moral of the story, for want of a better word, Sean, is that when I, you know, I had no idea I was going to work in the communication business. You know, I spoke my slight communication skills allowed me to have the bottle to dare to go back to that. I mean, I could have said, uh, well, we have to get the train. Sorry. You know, meaning like I'm shit scared of going backstage. Sure. Um, and the interesting thing was all my friends from school were all at the same gig, you know, and they all bought the same records and things, you know, and I was the guy who got to go backstage, you know. Um, but it did make me realize later on in my career when, you know, you know, my job was to get people into bands, you know, get them to play them yeah. on the radio station, but also you'd invite them to gigs. So you would, you would go and, and, um, and get them along to the gig and you'd try and get them to meet the band and everything. Uh, but invariably, um, I realized, you know, like I said, what it was like to meet your heroes. But the thing is when I'd given tickets to the media and I had some left, I would go outside a venue uh, and I would look for kids that, you know, and you'd have the touts there looking to fleece them and everything. And I'd find some kid, you know, who clearly didn't have a ticket. And I looked a little shady because it was like, have you got tickets? And it was like, no, come this way. And it's almost like, how much, you know? And I remember one particular thing at the Manchester Apollo and I went to the side of the stage and, and there's a guy, in, you know, it's drizzling with rain, good old Manchester, you know. And um, it was um, it was a police gig or something. Um, and they clearly didn't have gigs. So I said, do you want tickets? So it was that, like, how much? You know, I said, I just want you to just come around the corner, you know. I mean, it kind of sounds recited. It sounds like I'm going around, go around the corner and beat the shit out of him. But, you know. <laughs> But I just what I was trying to say was I went around the corner, I gave him two tickets. Wow. And he stared and looked at me and his girlfriend. And I said, I said, I'm just gonna follow you, like, and watch you walk into the gig. Because I'm not giving you tickets to go and sell outside. I might as well do that myself, you know. Right. So anyway, he walks up to the door and I'm right behind him. And the commissioner, like, 
rips the ticket stub off and gives them the ticket back and then the other people are lined up behind them and they both come in and they just stop it because i had a pass you know so i just walked in after him. and he just looked at me and the girl ran over and just threw her arms around me you know now you can't put a price on that for what it brings to people you know yeah. and, you know i was doing this like we're talking like probably 78 on for the next 30 years or so about giving tickets away but it always made me realize that moment that rocked my world i knew from experience what that moment meant to those people because yep. they would go to school and say you don't believe this you know the french probably had bought tickets and i got tickets off this guy i've never seen him in my life he gave him he gave us free two tickets and obviously they were good seats because you're yep. giving it to media um, and I didn't need to sell them, but you can't you can't put a price on the happiness that it, that it brings to people, you know. Yeah, I, I, I you love know, the moment that rocked for me. Yeah, I love this story. Just um, and, and to back up and kind of put it in, uh, you know, not not to take away from the entertainment, just how cool that story is. Is that from a business perspective, and that's what I really find valuable about a lot of these things that we're going to be talking about, is that when you apply that. Uh, in a business setting, whatever product or service you might have, if you're not working to establish that relationship and that moment experience with your customers, and like you really don't, because like you caring about creating other moments for people in that last bit of the story, like if you're not doing that with your customer, you really need to rethink things because that could be so impactful and so valuable. And I did bring up a couple of quotes just on the topic from from different uh, perspectives of uh, like even Steve Jobs says the chance to make a memory is the essence of brand marketing. And then there's another quote that I love from Maya Angelou that says, uh, I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but they will never forget how you made them feel. Yeah. Totally. And that's it's so important. It's such an important business lesson. It's an important life lesson because life really is a collection of moments. I also think that, you know, like I say, obviously it resonated with those fans and it resonated with me. But I experienced those moments, you know, and it's easy to talk about now because everybody's heard of them. But, you know, the look on you 2s eyes when I kind of told them that I got a, a national radio session and a national TV when they were just promoting their first album. They yeah. would have been happy with just a play, but uh, you know, appreciation is a very attractive component component in anyone because you know my job is was to do that, you know. But to yeah. to see the look on you know kids learning their trade, so to speak, mm -hmm. and the thought that you know they thought they were going to own, do little interviews in small stations and build them up, and then something comes out of the blue um because of relationships i had with people i knew that everything i gave to anybody in the media would be listened to when the guy phones me up and says yeah i really like this you know are they available on such and such and of course they're available at any time to do national tv but i can still even just recite it now i can still see you know the the, the look on their faces you know so i think that that's something that should continue with everybody in their careers in as much as you know because every moment that comes Mm -hmm. should give you a thrill you know and, and, a, and a level of appreciation that, that really makes you glow because the other thing you do off the back of that sean is you go out and you celebrate that moment by being the best version of yourself that you can so if i've got my national tv 
you better look good on that stage. It's not a conversation, you know, but they think there's this, because at a band at that level, it wouldn't apply to them kind of now, because obviously they're more experienced in things, but you have to step up and almost like, you know, make that moment pivotal in your career, because the better you are, the more chance you have of more moments cropping up. Right. There's a there's another aspect of this that will relate to another story that we'll we'll talk in more in depth about later. But it's the early days of you two when you take them to the the small gigs, and they they'd be sweaty and tired after playing. You know, their their full all their sets, and uh, they'd go in the back behind you. What's that? Not Led Zeppelin behind you. Oh, that. <laughs> you know, that's one of my favorite pieces of wall art. Love it's, it. Uh, that's Jimmy Page. That looks like nobody bends over like that. <laughs> no, that, that actually, and I actually know the photographer that took that, and he has a wild story that I'll tell you privately about flying from New York to Detroit. And I believe it was 1975 on their plane, and uh, he took that shot. And why I like that shot so much is it's because of the perspective yeah. where, where uh, Brennan, the photographer, Michael Brennan, he was on the stage and so he's shooting it from the band's perspective where you look into the audience and you see the looks on all the audience's faces they're like oh wow well you'll probably you'll probably have to edit this out but i've interviewed photographers for my podcast and i was there in those you know 70s and things and the sure. best photos if you look at the hendrix photograph burning the guitar if you look yeah. at the david bowie mick ronson fellatio shot all black and white Yep. In those days, photographers were allowed on the stage, yes. not in the orchestra pit, because yeah. those are the the best mo the best photos ever in rock were taken in black and white without digital by by photographers who knew where to position themselves to get the best shots, and that shows it. It's fantastic. Yeah, I, I'm totally <laughs> envious of you in in a very non douchey way about being able to see Zeppelin. The close, I mean. Let me tell you how much of a fan I am, and me and the wife both. That for our wedding, our family and friends' wedding, the the song she came walking down the aisle to. Guess what it was? It wasn't dazed and confused, was it? No, well, no. It probably should have been for her. She would have thought it through. But no, it was it was thank you. Ah, oh, brilliant! Love it's it. It's a beautiful song. But uh, the closest we ever got, we saw uh, Bonham's son. Uh, he had the band called the the Zeppelin Experience. We got to see them at a local um, kind of venue called Vino Robles, and dude, that show was amazing. Bonham really, Bonham would have his dad would have been proud of the the quality of production that they put out. I mean, it literally sounded exactly like what you'd hear about, you know, here on the radio. They legit sounded like it. But yeah, that's my favorite one. I, I love the Vantage Point. I'm a huge Zep fan. But, um, so sorry for the need to edit, but you know, I just noticed it and I just thought, well, I've got to I might not even edit, and here's why. <laughs> and, you know, I'm serious. So here's why, because uh, part of part of that's not a Led Zeppelin live show. <laughs> well, how I how I present this is like I've known you for like 10, 11 years. And for the audience, like we talk to each other pretty, pretty often. I would say lately, weekly at least. Um, but we always have these conversations where we talk about some of these topics and people and 
things and we always come away like really kind of energized and motivated and kind of inspired in, in a cool way. And, and at one point, a few years ago, because we've been sleeping on this idea for a while, it's like, man, you know what? We should probably share these conversations with other people. I well, think they could actually benefit, especially business people. It's like looking at the music industry and your business from that lens. I mean, even I think Steve Jobs said, I, I, I liken my company to the Beatles. You know, there is that reference when Roni hired you at Magic Leap, uh, you know, to be the headmaster of the school of cool. There was a reason for that. It's like, what are bands in the business of doing? They're make they're in the business of making people feel really, really, really good. And, and if you can translate that into your business, like with Apple and Steve Jobs, he created the ultimate cool kids club. Think different. Here's to the misfits that think they can change the world. Like, bro, you're selling computers and a phone. But it was the it was the story. It was the way he made people feel. You know. I think the thing is that you know I always I've always said this about you know like rock stars and stuff. It's being a rock star isn't about how many records you sell and being adored by fans. It's about making a difference because you go on and and there's a great quote from Doc McGee who. Um, who managed um, Motley Crue, never mind Bon Jovi and his. Um, and Motley Crue couldn't have been easy to manage, but it come, came out with this quote that 90% of rock stars have less than a high school education. They wave their hand in one direction and 50,000 people feel wave their hand in the same direction and they feel power. And those are the same people that go back to the hotel and can't get a steak sandwich at four in the morning and think it's okay to throw a TV out of the room because they've right. been a and I think I know you've you've you know you're trained in psychology and stuff, but I always thought that was a great ingredient. Um, and and you go back to what we were talking about moments. I mean, I was walking on the beach here in Florida um, when I came up with the idea, and I stopped as the sun was coming up, and the dolphins were paying out in the Gulf of Mexico. And I thought, you know, I, I met some amazing people along the way. Who am I to take those stories to the grave? You know, so that's why I wanted to share them. And when the more we got to know each other, you saw it from a business aspect, and and you opened my eyes to something that was so close to me mm -hmm. that you don't notice it the fact yeah. that you know, these aren't stories that are exclusive to rock and roll that mm -hmm. they, they, it might inspire a band i mean david bowie and people like that were a reason people picked up a guitar and um but the thing is he had a voice that he that he didn't use in the wrong way he used it to you know he when you when you're that big you can be heard so you know bowie would, would be able to you know, like I always say, that kids that were struggling with their sexuality in the 70s, you know, Bowie would come out in those days when the Elton Johns of the world and Freddie Mercury didn't because right. it threatened their career because, you know, it was, you couldn't be gay and successful. I mean, it sounds awful, but, you sure. know, but, but the thing is with, with, you know, that's why I think that, that you know, the greatest rock stars are the complete package. They, they, they interact with the fans. They... You know, they they have a, what you've always, your own line. They have right. the ingredients of greatness. And it's not just going on and playing a killer set. It's playing a killer set off stage as a pivotal, influential person in people's lives. And that's my goal with this is to kind of break down or another word would be to deconstruct what yeah. these ingredients are um not for just the sake of doing that as a mental exercise but so that it wasn't just about the label 
or the promotion that these rock stars had. Of course, that was a part of the puzzle, but there was more to it. It was who they were and what they did and who they became to become these prolific, iconic rock stars. And if you can break it down into pieces that are identifiable, then people like other businesses and other people out there trying to build a personal brand or how to stand out in a crowded market, how to deliver the experience to your customer so that you become memorable, that you build a loyal, raving fan base of customers. Your, your life and business is going to get easier, but it's not going to be just better for you. It's going to be better for your customer because you're going to have yeah. some sort of impact on them. And I, I think that's a, I think it's a worthy cause. I think, yeah. I think it's a, a worthy topic to be had. And it's probably kind of obscure thinking about looking at your business through the lens of a musician. Yeah, I have a thing that I've been working on for my own, you know, keynotes and, and stuff like that and things. It's it's kind of my own. Again, I like coming up. I like words. You know, English was always my favorite subject. And it's like the four Bs, you know, yeah. and it's Bowie, Branson, Bruce and um, mm -hmm. Bowie, Bruce, Bono. And uh, there's another one. I forgot. <laughs> Never mind. Edit it out. But the thing is, those people made a difference, you know, yeah. and, you know, the, and and I have so many stories about Bowie, you know, when he put support bands on, he would stand at the side of the stage and watch their set. You know, when most people are backstage having a few drinks before they come on as the headliner, they don't want to see the support act that nine out of ten times is bought onto the tour, right. you know, by the record company or whatever like that. He would stand there. What would you feel like as a musician playing in front of a crowd that you weren't worthy of at that stage in your career and having the guy that invited you to be su the support act watching you? Are you not going to play better? Yeah. It's like, it's like, you, you, it's like your graduation, isn't it? It's like, I better, better make this work, you know? And I just love that because I think artists like that become so inspirational. But, but I do find that, that, you know, the, the, and I suppose the older I get, the more, you know, the roller coaster stops, so to speak. And you look back on those pivotal moments and you kind of, not directly, but this seemed an obvious thing for us to do, to collaborate on our mission, which is, you know me, I don't like using the word educate, but bring people into your world, but bring yeah. them into your world with stories that excite and stimulate, but also have great meaning. because. As you know, I you know your ingredients are great in rock and roll, and the thing is, the case studies that I have are great. They're perfect examples. You know, mm -hmm. Bowie about the ability to deal with fame. Working with it makes you understand why a guy like that is perfectly positioned to be able to make that work. And sadly, it didn't work for Brian Jones, Janis Joplin, Kurt Cobain. You know, all those people, Jimi Hendrix, Jim Morrison, that passed along the way because they can't deal with the attention that comes. And the other topic, which we'll get to on another time, is, is you two preparing for success. Anybody who gets on the stage wants to be successful. And with that, the bigger you are, the more famous you become. Yeah. So you better get your house in order from the beginning to deal with that. Because if you get there and you become all of a sudden the 11 people you play to becomes 100, becomes 500, becomes 5,000, then you have to grow with it. 
Because mm-hmm. you walk on that stage and all of a sudden there's a massive amount of people that you really wanted, they're there. So yep. don't lose any of your bottle. Go out and deliver because that should bring out the best in you because the mere fact that those people are paid to see you means, you know, they value, you know, what you can do to their lives. And right. I, I do think that, that you know, the, the, the more I look back on things, the more they're easier to understand because it, it was it was part of my education. It was it was growing up around people that I admired, but I wasn't starstruck by. Um, and because you appreciate them as as what they're able to do as the complete act, so to speak, is you tend to listen to every word. Yeah, um, and and you grow with them, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, man, it was a great chat today. I, I think we've been on for a bit. This is a, I always enjoy the topics. I never get tired of the stories. Um, any, any last words before we uh, say, well, see you for this session? I, I just think, you know, I, I just think, you know, savor the moment because, because there, are, there are moments that come. There are moments, I think you create your own moments to a certain extent, but sometimes the most amazing moment pops up out of nowhere and, and just going back to the start of the conversation that was my moment with led zeppelin right i just was happy that i got a ticket and then when I, I got to take the post off the wall and peep in i never expected to meet the band but the thing is i suppose even at that age i was prepared yeah. um and and you know for want of a better word it, 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 you know what 15 year old gets knighted right <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I think it speaks to another thing too, just the willingness to go back in where how come all your other friends didn't hang out to try to go back in? That that's something we'll talk more about you later. Yeah. Well, about was, you about your immigration from the UK to the well, US. Not, not only that, but but we will have another conversation about how I got a job into the music business. That, oh yeah. That'll that'll be I think we should do that. We should probably do that next. Yeah, why don't we?